You are listening to the, the Average Lounge, Lounge Podcast. Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including driver interviews, race reviews, rumors, opinions, and much more. And here's your host, Mike Ellis and Sim Racing Jewy Side. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Side 55 Carlos, Brad Miller, Kyle Fleischman, Lance Gentles, and special guest Tanner Sharp. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank How you. Good evening. All right, let's start out with uh, Tanner Sharp. Uh, welcome uh, to the lounge. Uh, Tell us about uh, yourself and how did you get your start on iRacing and how did you hear about iRacing for the first time? Well, I uh, first off, as you know, I'm Tanner and I am a physically disabled person who uh, runs on the iRacing service since I've always loved, you know, driving cars and everything about cars related. And when I first heard about iRacing was probably back when it first started, but I really never took an interest because I wasn't a computer guru, guru guy. But uh, I finally decided to join the service in uh, 2011 around that time period, but my computer uh, wasn't able to hold up iRacing at the time, so I decided to spend the next two years building up a computer or trying to find a computer until a friend of mine had a computer that was fully capable to run iRacing, and he decided to ship it to my house, and I paid him an extra $50-ish for gas money just to ship it to my house, and that's how I started. That was about... uh, uh, February of 2013, when I really started getting into the iRacing soft- software program. Nice, nice. Yeah, I see you've been a member since 2011, though, so that explains that. So uh, these days, uh, how often do you race? I try to get on as much as I can. Uh, usually if it's like late at night or something like that and i am got nothing going on, I'll hop on. I'll, I usually drive the... Uh, the B-Class or the trucks. Uh, the cup car, I can run, but I just don't like the setups in them cup cars. <laughs> I'm sure other people don't like them either, but that's just my opinion. But otherwise, I try to get on it every as much as I can uh, throughout the week. Uh, I do commentary through Global Sim Racing Channel uh, every Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. So uh, it's been a very fun experience over there. Oh, that's a blast. I've done that myself, uh, be- being a commentator on a, a broadcast of a sim race. Um, that's a blast. Uh, you have a lot of fun doing that? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I've uh, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, I, I always watched pro wrestling and the commentating I thought was just funny, and I used to repeat it all, all the time. And uh, as I got older, I kind of drifted away from it. And then uh, when I... When we my the league that I'm currently in the three wide racing league first joined iRacing in 2014, we did a series in the super late miles just to kind of get the feel for iRacing itself or the other people that came in uh, from moving from console to the computer part. And ever since then, we decided to do a, a broadcast to the Global Sim Racing Channel, and I've gotten to know the people on the Global Sim Racing Channel pretty much ever since then. Then I took an interest. And the commentating, and ever since, uh, and I talked with Joe uh, Joe Peak about that, and that's how I pretty much I really got on board. I told him I was interested in doing it, and uh, he tried me out, and here I am today, Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. I'm doing commentary with those guys over there. That's just been a, a flat out awesome experience. It's pretty cool to see what's going on behind the scenes over there, and just watching the races. It, huh? Yeah, it, it, it definitely is a lot to it, and watching them guys turn laps, I'll tell you what, you learn a lot. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you talk to the guys before the race uh, even starts, and they tell you what's going on, you know, and so you actually learn a lot uh, when you do commentary. Now, I haven't seen that particular broadcast, so let, let me ask you, what kind of style is it? Is it like MRN radio style, where you have a guy in every corner and you guys are doing round robin switch off or is it more of a fox where there's a lead guy and then there's commentators it's more of just kind of like you're watching it on tv kind of deal you know right. each person when they talk they're kind of taking their time doing it 
uh, you know, and plus calling the action on the racetrack. And then sometimes if there's an accident in the back and one commentator doesn't see it, but another one does, we would, act, you know, kind of interrupt that and say, oh, there's like trouble in the back or, you know, whatever we would say. So it's yeah, kind most, of a, that's a, most, uh, I think of these sim broadcast people, they, they do the TV style as, as we call it. That yeah. MRN style, radio style intrigues me though. And I always wanted to get involved in a situation like that. Because uh, it's quite different the way they do it. I try to do it, quite honestly, but it's like you're talking so fast <laughs> when they're trying to do it. It's it's crazy, but usually I just try to attempt to take my time. Well, you got to have four or five guys that know how to hand it off and let go yeah. of it and that kind of thing. So it's tough for sure. Uh, cool. So it sounds like you race almost daily. Uh, what series do you normally run? The B cars and the trucks, majority of the time, I'll hop in in a uh, A class fixed or some maybe an open or whatever. Depending, I don't like them long distance races. I could care less about those, but uh, usually it's the A fixed once in a great while. Otherwise, I'll just stick with B and trucks. I'm not a fan of the Cup cars setups that iRacing currently has. Uh, so, but majority you'll find me in a B or a truck race. So, looking at your stats. I can tell you're an oval guy, obviously. Um, and you know what? Your winning percentage is pretty darn good. It's over 5%. That's uh, pretty good numbers. Yeah, I try my best. <laughs> Sometimes, I bet a lot of that 5% luck, but... <laughs> not not too bad. And uh, um, so, cool. Uh, what type of you know equipment do you use, like wheels and pedals? I have a Logitech G27 set, uh, even even the pedals as well, uh, the shifting knob as well. Otherwise, I just use the shifters on the back of the wheel. Otherwise, it's just a generic uh, G27 set. Nice. And then how many monitors and, and whatnot? I just use one monitor. All right. And um, do you participate in any leagues or league events? Yeah, uh, I've been participating in this league called the Three Wide Racing League. You can find it at www.threewideracingleague.ga. I've been a part of that league since 2011, and that league came from the console uh, back when Utechnics was uh, making the NASCAR games. Uh, and obviously, I was on iRacing longer than my fellow uh, racers who race in Three Wide. But and I suggest everybody to come over to the iRacing because I think it'll be much more of a better experience for everybody. And we the leagues transferred over from console to three uh, to iRacing in 2014. And ever since then, the majority of our league members from console are now on iRacing now. So it's been a fun experience for everybody, a much better experience than what console really ever was. So I think it was a great move. Nice. And how many people do you got, uh, have in the roster? Uh, right now, uh, it varies at times. Uh, like As of right now, the Cup Series that we're currently running is uh, about average 22 guys a race, which isn't bad. And uh, we kind of had to downsize it just a little bit because some guys were having trouble with the A card, having uh, trouble uh, controlling the race car. So they decided, so they just, some of them decided to, uh, hop down into the B class series just to, you know, get the feel for that car. And whenever they're ready, they can move on up to the cup car. And that's what the B car series is for is guys who, uh, ain't really enjoying the A car. You have the opportunity to run in the B car and turn some laps. What, what nights do you run? We run uh, the B car series switches off with the three rock. The three rock is another series that we're running this season, kind of like uh, mimicking the style of uh, I rock, like like the I rock days, right. except we call three rock. It three rock, and that's a special series that we're pretty much everybody's driving the same paint scheme with your name on it and all 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 that stuff. Three rock and B car switch off with each other on a Sunday night. Set starts at uh, 10:45 Eastern, so it's a late night. And the Cup Series is the same time on Monday nights. Nice. That is almost compatible with NIS drivers. So, I you guys have a great website. I've been, I was looking at your website this week uh, at threewideracingleague.ga and. Very nice professional website. Uh, the other thing that looks, you know, I haven't heard of this league until this week, but it sure looks nice uh, from what I can see. Uh, we were talking off off air a little bit about a prize that you guys are offering in one of those leagues. Talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, this is the second season that we're doing it with a sponsor called Chesapeake Diecast. Uh, the top two guys in the championship point standings at the end of the season will receive a 1 by 24th diecast of your iRacing paint scheme. So John, a guy named Johnny Thomas who won our championship last season, he has already received it. I don't know if you guys have access to the website right now, but there is a diecast picture on there of it, of his paint scheme. Uh, we actually ran the B-Car Series last season. Now we moved up to the Gen 6s, and we're proud to be sponsored again from Chesapeake Diecast. So it's they're such a great sponsorship uh, to us, and I hope we continue to work with them in the future. Yeah, I've always wanted to get a diecast of my iRacing paint job, and, uh, and and that's a neat idea. I actually ran a, a paint job a, a while back that was a Kevin Harvick paint job with kind of that in mind. I was going to go buy the diecast later, and I never actually did it, though. Well, very cool. Uh, so that looks like a neat league. Uh, so check that out. Um, let's talk. What else you got? Uh, do you have third-party software do you run besides iRacing? When you I run? do. I do not run any kind of third-party software. I'm more of a guy that just uh, log on iRacing, see what's going on, and jump into a race if I have the time to do it, and just go and just be aware of my surroundings on the racetrack at all times. Otherwise, uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, the next question was, are you part of a team? A lot of the NIS drivers are in, in a team. Uh, you might not be if you don't run a lot of NIS. No, I actually used to run. I'd never been a part of a team before uh, the run NISs or anything uh, iRacing official related. Uh, I, it was just whenever I decided to log on iRacing and there's an NIS going on, I usually just, I'll, I'll go ahead and race it. Last year, I did a number of them. The 2015 season. Uh, last year, I won the uh, uh, the July Daytona race that nice. they ran. Uh, dominated that race with. Uh, I even saved the replay just because I thought it was a probably a good moment on, on i racing. So, and I dominated. I raced 70 out of the 80 laps that was ran at the time. So it was a awesome race, and I, I'll probably do some more NISs down the road. I just will not do anything full distance Coca Cola 600 style race whatsoever that's just that's just too long for me yeah like uh, a brickyard 400 this week yeah i yeah. i'm not gonna do a full distance race <laughs> well i think we're crazy enough to do it uh okay <laughs> well speaking of winning the firecracker 400 congratulations by the way that's a big race uh what is your most memorable i racing moment I got quite a few of them. Um, obviously, the Firecrack 400 is going to be up there. Um, I would have to say my first, maybe my first win on iRacing officially. Uh, I Before I won a race officially, I won a Carburetor Cup, but that's not like an official, official race. That was at Daytona. But my first uh, iRacing race I ever ran, won was probably one of my most memorable. Aside to that, it's probably having three wide racing uh, come into iRacing, but yeah, my first uh, iRacing win that took place in the B car at Iowa. Nice. Well, very good. Uh, nice uh, getting to know you, Tanner, uh, <clears throat> as we uh, go through the next topics. Brad? Yeah, we've got uh, the NIS Pecanner Free Series. Uh, Kenny Humpy won the race, and it ended uh, coming to the white flag with a huge wreck that had uh, uh, Conte in it and so he took a hit in the points uh, Ray Alfala still leads the points alright yeah and I saw a uh, a little video that iRacing put together on there about the race and I watched it it looked like it was pretty entertaining yeah I got the end well, it ended under caution, but I believe Humpy had them covered. He probably had five car links on him going into the last lap. Well, the, really the only one who could have given him a challenge was Tyler Hudson, but he got a disconnect there with like five to go, or it was like eight to go or something like that when that caution first came out. Now, isn't that the second race in a row I've heard that he got disconnected? Yeah, I don't know about that, but that sucks. He was pretty much equaling the lap times of Humpy, but he just couldn't get around him before the yellow then then he got just 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 dropped crazy yeah and uh right at the end of that video humpy 
does some killer donuts uh spinning that car around and around after taking the checkered flag and uh i just wanted to give him a props for that it was pretty good all right so what happened kyle next the 2016 iRacing World Championship GP, um, I did not catch the race, but the results, Gregor Hutu won the race, and uh, Martin Kroenke, Ali Pakala, Alexi, can't even pronounce his last name, yeah, and that's a uh, tough Pat- Patrick Holzman rounded out the top five in that race. That was twin ring Motegi. And, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, they don't put up uh, videos on these anymore, so it's really hard to get results, so we might have to stop covering it. All right, uh, the there's, next, there's, uh, their well, series standing, uh, Martin Kroenke's still in the lead. He's got a 13-point lead over Gregor, who, too. It looks that's like considerable. Uh, pretty much the same guys that were in the top five there are still up in the top five in points. Yeah, I'm still pulling for Mitchell DeJong, the lone American there. He's running fifth, but he's quite a ways out of the first place driver, so. Yeah, it's, it's quite a spread. You know what's a, there's a column here on the standings we're looking at. Average finish, and Martin Kronke, 2.0 average finish. I mean, think about that. That's pretty darn good. And then Hutu, 2.9 average finish. And then third, Pakala, 8.0 average finish. Yeah, and all three of those guys make up the top three in this week's race. Well, yeah. Obviously, with results like that. Okay, so next up, uh, road racing was the six hours of spa happened. Excuse me, the 24 hours of spa. Six. It was the six hours of spa. Okay, I'm looking at this page, and the graphics says 24 hours, but it was the six hours of spa. So did you guys participate? Well, that's not for us. That's for the pro guys who made it. Ah, I see. So this is the uh, the blank pane pro race, right? Yeah, I'm thinking that's yeah, it's a GT series for them. Right. Because yeah, so, we were at a we were, we were at Road Atlanta this week, so we weren't we weren't part of this. Yeah, this video just came out right before we went on air, and I did watch it, and two of the leaders, uh, one within the first hour and then one several hours later, leading wrecked out and basically wrecked themselves out while leading the race, and uh, I thought that was interesting. That's GT3 for you. Right. And then the uh, in. X racing team was the one who took an unprecedented first, second, and third place finish in the race. And that's just a group of good drivers. Yeah. You know, and they race hard, and it's interesting watching these videos with the the announcers are like completely British announcers and where, you know, something happens and somebody wrecks and they start yelling and they get all out and that's crazy. Yeah, but it's kind of cool too. It's cool to just hear somebody get into it like that. Unlike when we watch a NASCAR race on TV, they—I I think it's almost fake with them. Yeah, you know that's kind of why I like to listen to MRN when we watch NASCAR on TV. I listen to MRN radio because of just what you said, Dave Moody. He's a good guy. Well, those guys can inject uh, some passion into it or something. I don't know what, if you call it passion, but some flavor, you know? Yeah, I know when I used to drive, I drive tractor trailer for a living when I drove for eight and a half years over the road. NASCAR radio on Sundays was just amazing because that's covered by MRN on uh, XM radio. Yeah. Okay, so what's up next, Brad? We've got the NIS uh, open and fixed. And on our team, uh, New Hampshire was really kind of tough on us. Uh, not a whole lot of really good finishes except for Kyle. I know, and, uh, Kyle got a couple top fives there, but everyone else doesn't look very good. Yeah, Jose squeaked out a seven. Carlos got an eighth, but other than that, we're in the teens or worse. 
Yeah, I got a couple top fives this week, and never having run the track ever before. So you just bought I'll take it, it, right? Oh no, I I own all content for iRacing. Oh, you just hadn't run it. Okay, I just never run it there before. Well, that's pretty good result considering uh, that was your first run. Yeah, it's just a lot of patience is all it is. Just a lot of awareness. I uh, took it easy basically in the runs and let it ride until about twenty to go and. But for the most part, I just put down a really good qualifying lap and hung around in the top five all race. Well, nice. And was there a lot of attrition in your race, or? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, I missed the Wednesday, both the uh, Wednesday races. I missed both my uh, Wednesday races. It was my eighth wedding anniversary, so couldn't race on that night. But um. Thursday when I ran the fixed, I put down, I think it was a fifth place qualifying, and I ran in the top five all night. I think we only had just two or three cautions, I think, if I remember correctly. But the open races that I ran on uh, Friday, there was a lot of cautions in that. So then I ran both fixed races on Saturday morning, and I got another top five Saturday morning at 6 a.m., and then got wrecked out in the noon race. So I just gave up and didn't run Sunday at all. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you had mixed results, but a couple of them were okay. Yeah, not too bad. I'll take it. Yeah. It moved me up to second in the points, so still trying to chase down uh, my nemesis, Nathan Tippy. Right, so points-wise, you're running second and open, third and fixed. Not bad. So Brad wins the race. uh, So Brad, you had, if I remember right, you had limited attempts, right? So were you happy with how you finished, or? Yeah, I basically had uh, one go at uh, at the open and the fixed, and uh, I got a tenth place finish. We had a, a a good team car. It was just trying to miss all the other junk and and time your pit stop just right because. The races I was in, when it got down to like 20 to go, few people pit going on uh, four tires, and some people wouldn't pit. So it it really became a mess. Yep. Yeah, that's been interesting at the end of these races, uh, what happens with the pit strategy. And I, that's certainly playing into these late cautions. It really has. And... Um, Knowing, you know, okay, 20 to go, I've pitted for the last time, or 30 to go, or 40 to go, according as to how your race is going. I mean, not with just New Hampshire, but you get in some races, and you may have a couple of quick cautions, and then it go forever. And then you've got to really start doing in your fuel mileage figuring and everything else. It, it really makes it fun. All right. All right, Carlos, how was your race? You had an eighth and then an 18th. Well, the 18th was only one attempt to fix. I wasn't going to deal with this. They need to fill it with water. Um, <laughs> the eighth place I got an open. Well, I always, for some reason, I always run a different set than every one of you guys because I don't know, but it seemed to work. I got me an eighth place and I don't know, it was running mediocre that entire race, but I guess some luck played out and helped. Got some damage. Started smoking, but it wasn't a full-on blown motor. It was only 40 seconds optional. So I get that fixed and drop the 24th. One lap down within... These are the, this is the last 10 to 15, or 15 to 20 laps. And I went from 8 to 24, then I finished 8, so I'll take it. I got a lucky dog, and everything played back into my hands from, well, people being stupid, so, yeah. There's a lot of that, people being stupid stuff going on. Well, they just get so aggressive, and... Well, that's actually what led to my bad finish and fix was some, some people just automatically think if you're on two tires, they have the right to push you out of the way. Even though I was not running them on two tires, but okay. Yeah, uh, I think the annoying thing for me this week was you're on the outside, you're giving them the inside, and they use you up, and they push yep. you up into the wall. So I'll talk about my races a little bit. Um, on Wednesday, I had a good top 10 going early. 
I got doored by uh, my friend Jay Collins. I wasn't too surprised by that. We've had some run-ins uh, recently. Uh, and then I spun around and basically got T-boned by another guy. It, surprisingly, the car wasn't too bad. I had a lucky uh, caution uh, keeping me on the lead lap. Uh, I eventually made my way forward, um, had a late wreck of the guys ahead of me uh, with about 10 to go. Uh, and, you know, you run right into it. There's nowhere to go. And blew an engine, not finishing, got a 21st. So it was a pretty bad day. Uh, Thursday, I got a 13th. Friday, I got a 16th. Uh, Saturday, I didn't run. Sunday, I had a good run going. I was in the top 12 with, like, uh, within 10 to go. Uh, big wreck in front of me, couldn't miss it, and I got DQ'd for too many incidents. And uh, I want to take a minute to talk about a forum thread that was up today where somebody else was talking about the incident limit uh, based on this week, if it was at the right amount or if we should even have one and that kind of thing. And I jumped in and gave my opinion because I did get DQ'd last night with four to go and had a good run going. And... Uh, you know, I put in the uh, in the forums, you know, hey, I'm a clean driver, but yeah, I did spin off once. I hit the wall once. And yes, I got caught in the f up in four other people's wrecks that I had no part of at all, but still got incidents from. And, you know, should I be the kind of driver that gets DQ'd for an incident? In my opinion, no. That's what I was trying to say. I'm not the kind of driver that the incident system is should be targeting, you know. Uh, they should be targeting the guys that are, you know, creating all the cautions every time, that are driving through the field and wrecking their way to the front. I'm not that guy. And I had a couple trolls in there on the forum actually uh, call me a terrible driver in writing, and I couldn't believe it. Oh, I got to go check that out. Yeah, so... <laughs> I was like, uh, really? And and then they said something to the effect of, oh, you go many laps down and you're in the way and you cause wrecks. And that's not true. And if you ask anybody who races against me in any of these NIS races, I'm sure they'll say, oh, yeah, Mike always lets me by. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have any problem with Mike Ellis. I'm sure they would say that. So these guys are total trolls, and I can't believe it's even allowed that they can do that on the forums. Yeah, but you have people out there that are like that. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think, uh, what do you think about the incident sy uh, system? Am I uh, the right, the driver that should be targeted? No. no. I, I really wish they would do away with, like, the Ghost X. You barely get under a wreck. It gives you a 4X. Your car didn't twitch, move. You pull into the pits. There's no damage. That shouldn't happen. I agree. Yeah. I like and like I said, targeting you. when they made the incident system, it wasn't for people like me. Right. I'm sure that they didn't want people like me to get disconnected. But, hey, I'm driving a normal NIS race. I'm a regular NIS driver. I, I, I've run it for years. I'm fairly clean, and I still got DQ'd. It's, it's at the wrong amount. You know, maybe they need to add four to the number or something. That's just all my opinion. Right. You know, the other thing, too, I mean, really, we've all had our races where, you know, everything went wrong. And as far as you getting DQ'd, that's the first time since when? Forever? Yeah, in like two years. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know that the system is broken. I think it could be tweaked. But uh, like I say, you can have a race where it seems like your car is a wreck magnet. We've all had those races. But normally it doesn't happen. And normally you don't get knocked out of the field for instance. But I guess every now and then, we just can't get out of our own way sometimes. Yeah, and uh, there were a lot of wrecks. Uh, it was a total, you know, uh, shot show, as I call it. Yeah, I agree with Brad saying. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, you know, you be, you're being punished for something that you're not even being a part of. Well, what was the whole point of the incident cap anyway? We did fine without it for years until they added it on. 
Well, like I said, like I said originally, I think it's for the people that wreck their way to the front that are involved in each caution or almost every caution. And I know you guys know people like that. We talk about them on this podcast almost a- weekly. I like to try and stay optimistic about it myself and just see it as their way of being proactive to try and um, shorten these races up from the everyday wreckers that attend these races. You get guys in there that, I mean, take, for example, the Daytona 500. I mean, every year it's full of everybody that races on the service will will run that. Why? Because it's a plate track. Even the road racers will be over there that don't run oval all the time, and, and a lot of them struggle on it, but yet they can go over to their road tracks and they'll destroy us. So, I think I want to say that from a from a bright perspective, is they were trying to um, shorten the the length of the races on the service. Yeah, try and weed out the uh, the trouble in the races. But yeah, it, it does affect everybody in the wrong place, at the wrong time effect, I guess. All right, let's talk about the rest of our team here, uh, Brad. Who who else did we miss? Well, we've got Brad Wren. He had a he was he was horrible week. Yeah, he's one of our better drivers, and he just he he was a wreck magnet. He could not avoid it. Uh, he got a nineteenth in the open, and he is second in the points in Division Two. Got a twenty sixth in the fixed. Oh, and wow. and one race he got wrecked. I think he had one shot at it, and I'm not sure. I, I'm, this is the one he got wrecked in, and on the 19th place, uh, he lost connection right at the end of the race. I think he lost yes. connection twice this week, if I remember. Yeah, right. I think he lost connection Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Early, okay, I right? didn't. I didn't. Race. Yeah, right at the beginning of the race, I believe it was yep. like 19 laps in or something. I don't know. Something like no, I think it was less. I think it was like ten, fifteen laps in because I was spotting for him, and he just disappeared, and he got dropped. But it something to do with everything because we were talking to him still on Teamspeak, so it wasn't his connection. Yeah, that's been like a that. struggle with him this week. Cause he, I know he had a couple connection problems, and then total wreck magnet, like you said. In the last race I ran with him, uh, he got caught up in uh, an incident. Near the front, he was running in the top 10, I believe, and uh, engine blown, you know. So it's a 30-minute wait, and, you know, why wait? Yeah, he was running up front. I think a team overall, the most thing said on TeamSpeak this weekend was, I'm in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, other than that, we've got Jose Pabon. He's got a 13th in the open, a 7th in the fixed. That's a really good run. And uh, Dave Smith, he only ran the open and got a 13th. All right. All right, Kyle, what's next? Well, next, um, like uh, iRacing got a five-page spread in Car and Driver magazine. about uh, It's a sim racing article. Yeah, and we haven't been able to look at it because it's a real magazine that's made out of real paper, like made out of trees. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to see it, and I, apparently people were looking for a link, but there's no link. Uh, you have to go buy it. Uh, but that's that's cool. I love it when we get promoted like that. Somebody did try and post a link in the forums that looked like on news, but find it either. All right, cool. Uh, next up, uh, iRacing uh, put up on social media a picture of. Uh, they were at the uh, dirt track with Rick, Rick, Rico Abreu, if I can say that right. Abreu. Yeah, he's a height challenge driver, as I'll call him. Uh, but, no, he's a cool guy, and he's running at Eldora Speedway uh, in the, springed, uh, the Sprint Winged 410 car, I believe it is. And they were recording the sound on it uh, for iRacing. So he was, uh, you know, he'd fire up the car and... And they'd record it, and then I'm sure he probably did some laps, and they recorded that, and so forth. Uh, one comment was from one of the iRacing employees, 
was it the loudest engine he's ever recorded since he's been working there. <laughs> so, anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, dirt confirmed, guys. They're still working on it. Only a matter of time. Wow, I love it. Brad. Uh, next, we've got an article on uh, from Hot Rod uh, com, and it is uh, outlining Ty Majeski. Article's called uh, "Short Track Simulation." It's here, and the best are doing it. And uh, it goes on to talk about uh, Denny Hamlin crediting his first Pocono win to uh, online gaming and feeling f more familiar with that track. Uh, before actually ever getting on the track. And uh, I guess we all know Pocono can be very, very challenging, so I guess that helped him a lot. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a nice long article. Uh, it talks about, like what you said, so you know, interesting. You know, Ty Majeski getting a lot of press. Uh, as we know, he's uh, part of the uh, NASCAR up-and-coming group. Uh, drive for diversity or whatever they call it. I forget the name. Yeah, uh, who, who was it that signed him? Roush? Roush Fenway signed him as a development driver. So, uh, And he's doing all the short track stuff this year at, with iRacing.com sponsorship. So uh, it's, an, it's a good article. I'd love to see press uh, promoting iRacing. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. Uh, if you get a chance, check out that article. It's got uh, some pictures of his car in there. Cool. All right, next oh. up is hardware. Kyle. Yeah, it looks like we got a third-party um, program called the Digital Race Engineer. It's built specifically for iRacing. Uh, carries up to 170 different commands through voice. This is crazy. Uh, when I saw this, this definitely caught my eye. Now, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, it's still very new. And uh, this guy basically programmed a plug-in for Voice Attack. So Voice Attack is a third-party app that a lot of people use, including myself. Uh, I can say right-side ti right tires only, and it will do all the stuff to make it right-side tires only. Or I can say... Uh, no tires, and it will uncheck all my tires, or that kind of stuff. It's voice command. So anyway, if you have the Voice Attack app that costs twelve dollars, you can download this plugin and install the plugin into Voice Attack, and the plugin gives you basically twenty thousand different commands of spoken variations you can do. And it's really out of control, the different things he's got going here. I just downloaded it just now. Oh, you're yeah, going to try it, huh? I'll give it a go. Why not? Yeah, he has a free version. He has a pro version and a paid version, and it's $15, I believe. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I want to check this out, too. Now, one reason I haven't just jumped into it is there is some configuration to do. Uh, he does have a nice YouTube video about how to configure it. I definitely suggest watching that video before you jump into it because you got to make sure your keys match up with the profile that he's giving uh, as far as your commands and the sim. So like if you have the volume up and volume down of your spotter set to keys, you know, B and C, you might have to reprogram it to whatever keys he has listed. So keep that in mind if you jump into this. Um, definitely watch the video. I did watch the video and kind of peruse through part of it to kind of get an idea uh, about this. But it's interesting to to watch the the demonstration video uh, where he you know goes through commands and and stuff. And there's a lot of things that are what I call proactive, where they say you're running out of fuel, you need to pit, or, or something along those lines where it's telling you what to do instead of you telling it what to do. Um, and I don't know how he does that, but apparently he, he's doing it. Yeah, I see out here where it, it'll tell you, like, if you're trying to exit the pits, it'll tell you if there's tra traffic near you. Or... Exactly. That's cool. 
Yeah. Pretty awesome. I mean, it's got stuff like that. So it's definitely worth a look, I think, uh, to see what the, this is all about. Well, especially with the glitches that have been known with the relative when you're on pit road not showing sometimes. Uh, that that would be a nice uh, added feature to have, as at least as a backup. Yeah, and I, I see this also geared more toward the road guy instead of the oval guy, uh, based on the demonstration video I saw. But I think, you know, there's a lot of things that here would be useful for the oval guy, too. So, um, yeah, this is all very new. I think it was announced this week. I haven't looked into it too much. I'll probably uh, lean on Carlos to be my guinea pig, and he can tell me what he thinks later. Okay, so that's the uh, Digital Race Engineer. The website he has is T-H-E-A-W-E dot D-K backslash D-R-E. Or you can find him on the forums if you search Digital Race Engineer. Okay, my of the next topic. And... There was a discussion in the forums about how do I lock the horizon in my view or how do I unlock the horizon in my view so it moves. And um, I participated in this discussion uh, a little bit and offered up, hey, by the way, I have what I call special settings that I've come up with and what I call the gyro cam view. And we talked about this last year on the podcast. I know... Carlos, you've tried it, and Jose tried it. Uh, Brad, I'm not sure if you did. Carlos, can you describe briefly what I'm talking about? For what? The view that I run where the your head moves no. with the horizon. Yeah, but what am I describing here? Well, you ran those settings briefly, right, when I first oh, tried yeah. it, so you could try it. What did you think of it? Drove me nuts, but I took some of those settings and turned them to very minimal, and that I don't know. Kind of gave me the little motion deal. Do you still run it that way? Yeah. It's very okay. slight, though. It's not big. No, it's not like yours. Right. So I posted up my settings uh, just so people could uh, talk about it and and say, I said, hey, it kind of threw it out there. Hey, try this, you know. Um, I'll say it briefly what these settings are. Driver head horizon equals one. Driver head no pitch equals one. Driver head wobble equals zero. Driver head adjustment, 0 0.05, and driver rotate head equals 1. So if you set those settings to that in your app INI, uh, you'll have the same view I do, which is quite different than the default view that you're given in iRacing. So if you've ever looked at the gyro cam camera in iRacing where it's kind of in the back seat of the car and it kind of moves when you're on the banking and everything turns to the side, it's kind of like that. Hmm. You drive with it like that? Yes. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But Maybe here's the thing. I mean, force <laughs> feedback is giving you vis uh, touch cues. You feel the wheel. You're getting cues from the steering wheel. You're getting visual cues. You're getting audio cues to your ears. Well, why not increase those visual cues? And that's what this does. Uh, it gives you a sense of pitch in the car. You can feel the springs. You can see the springs as they compress or as you hit a bump stop. You can see that visually more when you have these settings like this. So that's kind of my little spiel. But uh, anyway, gyro cam well, view is what I call it. Well, let me ask you this. When you're, say, like at Daytona, you're saying basically your head stays straight up and down because that's what the gyro cam does, or am I just getting confused? Somewhat similar. At least that's what I thought when I tried those settings. My, your head pretty much stays the same, but your car is moving just like, as you said, the gyro cam. You just have to try it. I don't, it's hard to explain. Um Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's like you're... Your head is straight, but everything else turns. Uh, if you spin out, it's a weird feeling. Like, or if you start to spin out, you can visually see that when you have these settings on. Oh. Anyway, uh, 
so the point of the story was, I think I, I told my teammates about this a long time ago. Hey, try this. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. And as far as I know, nobody was running this setting but me. Okay. So anyway, I posted this up in the forums this week. And sure enough, somebody posted up later. Hey, Mike, I tried those settings. I love it. And I'm going to run them like this from now on. So I got somebody on board. Huh. <laughs> uh, I can't find the actual post at the moment but uh, to see who that was. But uh, somebody had said that, and I was pleased as punch. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys are bored, try it someday. It was uh, Ryan Fung, I think. He's the one who said he's going to try it, or he's it for now on. Awesome. So thanks, Ryan, uh, for believing in me and trying it out. It actually is better if you give it a chance. When I first started running it, it was really hard to drive, okay? But I just gave it a chance, and I just kept it on, and I just kept driving it. And you'll get used to it, and I swear it gives you more visual cues than you normally get with the default view. Hell, you got yours at one. I have mine in fractions of zero point like zero point two for all of them. I think. Yeah, I did a hundred percent on a lot of these settings, uh, and uh, some of the people on the thread were talking about, well, what about VR, and how does this affect VR? And and uh, David Tucker from iRacing chimed in that. Yeah, you could do this stuff for VR, but he recommends the default view with VR is what he was basically saying uh, is is the way I'll paraphrase it. But I don't know. I would have to try the VR to see how that view would work. All I right, would so, try to take over those settings anyways, you would think, because it's already virtual. So yeah, so I don't know how that would realistic. affect it, you know, because you're already turning your head and it's already turning. So, yeah, I don't know. Might be just a mood point. Okay, so Brad, what's next? We've got the discussion on sound. What what kind of uh, systems do you got? Speakers, headsets, make, model? What do you guys use? I use um, Turtle Beach. Uh, I've had uh, probably four sets of these things. This is not my favorite. I have the... PX12 had to take them off and look, <laughs> but uh, I had a set that was uh, amplified, and I really liked those at times. Wired or wireless? They're wired. I, I, I like the wired better. Oh, when I started iRacing, I started on a set of Triton uh, AX720s. They were a wired headset, ran through an amplifier. And I, I, I actually still own them. Um, I just got away from them for the simple fact of, you know, I wanted to go wireless for, you know, mid-race and a pit stop. I had to use a restroom. I could just jump up and go versus wasting them a few seconds to take the headset off. And I ended up doing that and cracked the headband on it at one point. So when I wanted to go wireless, I went to a set of Triton guys. It's a wireless headset through Triton. And uh got to say, they were lightweight, they were very comfortable, but they lacked in sound. Um, they were supposed to be surround and everything. They just didn't have the power that my um, AX720s had. So when I did my most recent build in March, I upgraded myself to a set of um, Turtle Beach 300. It's a wireless headset, and it's very powerful. I can't even run... You know, a YouTube video on full volume without blowing my ears out. So, pretty impressed with those. All right. Tanner, what do you got? I just uh, run, usually just run basic stuff. Uh, when I first started, I had a uh, Logi- regular Logitech uh, headset. And I'm still using the Logitech headset today. Uh, it's just when I do commentary, I have a special microphone called an ATX or something like that microphone. Uh, it definitely helps, uh, especially if you're doing some kind of commentary, but whenever I'm doing iRacing, whether, uh, whether whenever I'm doing iRacing, it's just a regular Logitech headset or uh, everything Logitech, Logitech speakers, just anything Logitech. Okay. Nothing fancy. 
Okay, so I might be unique here the way I do it. Um, I have Logitech G35 headset, wired, uh, USB. This is my second set. The first pair, I literally wore out. <laughs> this from use. Uh, so I bought the same one again, the same model, because uh, I was happy with it. But uh, how I run with the iRacing is um, I only do a voice discussion uh, through my headset. And the engine sounds and whatnot come out of speakers. So I have uh, computer speakers that are kind of beefy uh, left and right. And I have uh, the engine sound coming out of those. And then the spotter, team speak, and voice chat, they all come through the headset. So then I have separate volume for each. You know, I can turn up the volume of the computer and that changes the engine sound. Or I got a volume control, you know, for all the different voice coming through my head. Uh, so I have, you know, c complete control to mix it all together to a nice volume. And I don't know if my wife likes that because um, I do have my own room for the rig where I do my eye racing. I can close the door, but it's usually hot, so I leave the door open. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it does sound like a Chevy V8 sometimes in my office because uh, I crank it up. I was going to say that. When she's out of town or out, out, out in town, I bet some <laughs> things get cranked up. <laughs> oh yeah, I turn it up when they're not around usually, and that's but nice. uh, yeah, that's the way to run. I can't. I actually have a hearing problem a little bit, and it's kind of hard for me to hear voices when there's other noise. And when I first started iRacing, I ran everything through the headset, and I had trouble understanding what people were saying while I was racing. Uh, I could hear them talk, but I couldn't really understand words. So it was important to me to kind of separate those sounds so I could understand, and it actually works pretty good. That's got to sound and feel really uh, authentic. If that, I think that's the word I'm looking for. It's got, it sounds really authentic is what you got. Yeah, that's the other reason, too, because you can turn up those computer speakers with the engine roaring, and almost feel it, you know, kind of thing. Like you said, authentic. But then you hear the spotter in your ear, you know. I mean, for me, I would, I would love to run it that way, but for the privacy of my wife and kids, because my rig is right in my living room, um, I run everything through my headset. I do have my engine turned down to a negative 10, which is the lowest it'll go. Um, that way I can still hear people, like you said. The, the engines tend to drowned out chat. I haven't tried turning up the engine in this headset that I'm running. I just got so used to it before. Um, if I could speak for my brother on the race team, Dave Smith, I know he runs on an actual stereo system, surround sound. I Don't quote me, but I believe he's running two 12-inch subwoofers that are behind his actual um, Obato seat. And uh, he's got complete surround sound through his that he has, um, they're actually zip-tied just underneath his monitor to the up post for the center monitor, plus the two 12-inch subwoofers behind him with an actual stereo receiver. So, racing at his house is pretty intense. It shakes the whole house when he turns it up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> well, this when you, like, you're at uh, Richmond, and you get the, just the drone from 8,500 to 9,000 RPM, you know, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and uh, I I can imagine. I love hearing about big systems like that. Radio, that stuff, and he's always had some sort of stereo system in the house and always trying to blow windows. In fact, I remember when we were younger, he actually blew a window out of his bedroom. <laughs> now, I actually downgrade when I moved into my new house, I actually downgraded the sound package I had running for the engines. Uh, before, I was running an old Sony receiver stereo system amp running two big old JBL 8-inch control room monitors, and uh, it was overkill, and it took up too much space, honestly. Uh, I had to have a, you know, a place to put the receiver, and then I had to have stands for the speakers, and they had to sit right behind the, the monitors. And it, So when I moved, I, did, I downsized. I got rid of all that, and I just put in regular computer speakers, you know, that you plug into power. And honestly, you know, those are loud enough that it's really not that big a difference. I can turn those up pretty darn loud where, you know, people will start complaining around here. 
I know my surround system that I have for my computer. It's got a subwoofer and everything. I don't rattle the place like crazy, but I just don't hardly use them out of privacy. All right. So that's our sound. Uh, Kyle, final topic. Oh, uh, final topic for this evening. Um, taking screenshots on iRacing with uh, DX11, it seems that the Control-Alt-Shift-S is not working to take screenshots in DX11. DX9, we used to use the button, but uh, it's not working either, so ideas on that? Well, yeah, uh, we talked about this last podcast. I had mentioned the Control-Alt-Shift-S. And I actually tried it, and it did not work. But I found later another setting in the SIM settings. When you're in SIM, if you go to settings, there's a checkbox in there that basically turns it on. You have to turn it on or enable it to, to make it work. So if you're running DX11 and you have not checked that box, you'll never be able to take a screenshot because the print screen doesn't work anymore. Uh, so go into your settings in the SIM, check that box, then you can do the Control Alt Shift S, which I still think keys? is a real just, sucky yeah. kind of key. <laughs> I mean, you have to have four fingers for that. Yeah, I don't know. I would rather do the whole print screen, though. That's just my opinion. But I know. How is it better going from one button to four? Yeah, well, I'm sure I agree. you can probably map it out through your X pad or something. Do that, but it's still crazy. That's a great application for voice attack. Yep. I use uh, XPatter. Well, I used to use XPatter uh, for a lot of key commands until I bought my DSD button box. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Uh, let's go through final thoughts of the group. Uh, Carlos, final thoughts. What final thoughts? Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. I guess kind of looking forward to Andy and kind of not looking forward to Andy because of the length. That's really it. Yeah, don't remind me about the length. We're running full length distance again? Yep. It seems like we just did that. That's got to be a first for NIS guys to run a full length race at Indianapolis. It is. This is like the fifth one already this year. A full length. Yeah, NIS is typically half distance races, but this year they they They've made a bunch it. of them full distance, and they're just too many. They used to do what four of them, right? And then this yep. year there's probably ten of them or something. I don't remember something like that. But after two weeks from now, we got um, Watkins Glen full length. That's gonna be a blast. It just seems like every other week we got a long distance race. That's crazy. I was say, then like six weeks after that, there's another full length at Richmond. Oh God, that's 400 laps. Oh yeah. Okay, so final thoughts, uh, Brad Miller. You know, I'm looking forward to Indy <laughs> and the full length race. So uh, I'm a little bit different from you guys. <laughs> Okay, Kyle. I'm looking forward to just racing. Doesn't really matter what track. I look forward to it every week, changing up the uh, scenery, so to speak. So the race team had a pretty tough week this week at New Hampshire, but hopefully we can all rebound and have some sort of uh, good showing at Indy this week. Yeah, we should be better than New Hampshire, I would hope, uh, but. They're both flat tracks. Let's remember it's still, that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still a rather flat track, and it's, it's bigger, more room to wreck on. So the only difference is, you know, Indy's got them nice wide straightaways, so hopefully we'll be able to avoid a lot more wrecks. All right. Uh, Tanner Sharp, final thoughts? Yeah, just looking forward to turns at least some kind of laps at Indianapolis. If I ever do a race in any of the series whatsoever, just kind of test the waters out just a little bit because usually if you jump into a race and then all of a sudden you start racing, people do some you know, crazy stupidity things on the racetrack and a big mess happens and then somehow, some way you're involved in it. So test the waters at first and then uh, try to make a go at it in one of the races. I want to try to keep my SR over three as much as possible. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, you're welcome anytime. Uh, thanks for telling us about your league and, and what you've been doing in iRacing. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. All right, and uh, my final thoughts, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the longer race. Cindy is going to be better than New Hampshire for me. I hope it will be anyway. Uh, I feel like maybe I'm in too high of a split, that maybe my I rating is too high uh, for my ability. Uh, just because I'm slow. I'm one of the slowest cars out there, it seems like, in all these races. So we'll see how it shakes out. I'm right at 3,200. That's kind of been my ceiling uh, for however long. And I can't seem to shake it. Uh, I'm, I'm somewhere between 3,000 and 3,500 uh, for the last year or so. So uh, we'll see if I can pick it up. I don't know. Uh, make sure to hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or any of the other podcast uh, applications out there. Obviously, iTunes. Uh, you can find us. You can give us uh, ideas for topics. You can submit to be a special guest on the show. Um, you can get a hold of us and, and troll us like those other guys did on the forum. Uh, so with that, we'll see you later. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.